0: everyone welcome back to generational differences it's hillary and hannah here and today we're going to talk about body image again this is part two of our two-part series um but first just want to see how you're doing today
1: i'm doing good today um
0: well besides the fact that we just spent an hour trying to figure out how to improve our audio
1: yes and it's (laughs) gonna be you know that's gonna be a good fact for them to know if the audio is still messed up for this episode but just bear with us. <laughs> we are still learning how to use our audio recording system. What did you do yeah. this morning? Did you do anything interesting? This morning, <laughs> yeah. I
0: woke up, and I made coffee, and then I came to my computer. So I didn't do anything interesting this morning. But yesterday, um, I bought a, a fresh fish for the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was that? Because uh, it was good well it was it gave me anxiety first of all but it was um, I think for context I am buying a, I bought a fish yesterday at the local Asian market because Tuesday February 1st is oh I guess this podcast will come out like way after but <laughs> this uh, next week February 1st is lunar New Year mm-hmm. um, and to celebrate Chinese New Year I've I'm planning to make some dumplings today so I bought some like dumpling wrappers and stuff. For the dumplings also Um, but i also wanted to try to steam a fish for the first time because dumplings and steamed fish are both like pretty traditional and i think like lucky um, chinese new year foods and so i'm gonna try to make those and i'm also gonna try to make noodles on tuesday Uh, but anyway it's all in the pursuit of trying to feel as chinese as i can (laughs) especially in in north carolina
1: yeah that's so exciting i'm so excited for you to make your fish um did you have to speak chinese
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, So the experience at the Asian market, it gave me anxiety mostly because it was the first time doing it and also because there was a big line of people and it was it was a pretty, like, chaotic scene. It was just, like, people, like,
1: oh, yeah.
0: like flinging their arms out, being like, oh, give me this, oh, I want that fish, oh, number four or something like that. And they were calling out numbers and they were calling out names and, like, different languages were flying and I was like... How do I get in here? Mm -hmm. And then I wasn't supposed to take my shopping cart into the line, but I took my (laughs) shopping cart in and took up the whole space. And then someone was like pointing at a sign that said no shopping carts.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah.
0: I know. It was a whole thing. It was like, yeah, I felt like I was at a real fish market. did not speak Chinese because actually all the people that that do the fish and clean the fish there at this Chinese market or this Asian market are Latino.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Um,
0: And actually, I think that's kind of common. Um,
1: yeah
0: in the south at least
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so i just yeah i spoke english i actually tried to speak a little bit of spanish okay um, nice. but i got in there got myself a sea bass and then for those of you who haven't bought fresh fish like me um usually or i mean at least at this market i had to ask for the fish and then they asked me what number i wanted in terms of like how i wanted it cleaned and so I just chose the one that was, like, keep the head on but, like, clean the insides kind of thing. Um, but you could also ask them to take off the fins, uh, like, clean yeah, it yeah, and yeah. cut it into pieces for you, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was a new experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, good. You broke the ice. Now you feel more confident. Hopefully. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I was really close to also buying a live fish. There was, like, a tank of tilapia. Um but I think I looked at them for too long, and then I felt too sad, so
1: I couldn't. <laughs> oh my god! I would, yeah, I would do the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's. But exciting. how was your
0: weekend? Are you planning anything for Lunu New Year?
1: Not, not currently. I think our, our my friends and I will go get some Chinese food in Atlanta, which is always good. It'll be really good food, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Other than that, I didn't do much this weekend. My friends went to a concert. They went to the first stop of the Amine tour, which got me tickets oh. to go see next month in Atlanta. So, But, um, yeah, shout out Audrey and we Sam. <laughs> you guys look like you guys had a lot of fun. Um, so that's super hype. I just live vicariously like, through their Snapchats. And then this morning, I had a very traumatic morning because there was a cockroach in my bathroom on the wall, and I was, like, rushed to start this podcast. So I was, like, ignoring it. <laughs> I won't go into it. Yeah. That's all.
0: Well, anyway... Today, like I said, we're going to talk about body image again. If you listened to part one, uh, last time we talked about the challenges we faced with body image growing up and now from both of our perspectives and talked about why we think we struggled with those things. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you haven't listened to part one, go listen to it (laughs) and then come back here for part two. And today we're going to focus on talking about how we deal with those challenges related to body image, disordered eating, self-confidence, what has really helped us in terms of recovery, healing, learning to love ourselves and take care of our bodies, things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited because I have a lot of thoughts, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but we're also going to discuss our dreams. (laughs) I'm still awkward when it comes to transitioning these things, but we're going to discuss our dreams. We're also going to play a little sibling, would you rather? Um, And like we promised last time, we're going to share some of our parents' favorite Asian snacks um, and see how they compare to ours.
1: Yes, I'm ready. So I think to start
0: off with uh, talking about recovery and healing um, in terms of body image and disordered eating, I wanted to start by talking about the why. And when I say that, I mean like, why did we decide that we that something needed to change, essentially? Why did we decide that we needed to improve our body image? Because I think at points when you're really struggling with mental health in general, um, but when it comes to disordered eating and self-confidence, it can be really easy to just become... Very embroiled in that, and very obsessed with it, and not realize how, how just exactly how bad it is for you, mm-hmm. um, and become driven by really unhealthy things like weight loss, um, you know, look like how your body looks in the mirror, things like that, um, and use those things to measure your your value, mm-hmm. um, and then it's hard to break out of that. I don't know if you want to start uh, by telling us a little bit about kind of how you got onto the journey of becoming trying to become more positive about your self-worth and your self-confidence?
1: I think for me the main reason was when I just felt started feeling really unhappy unhappy that I was so focused on this all the time like my self-esteem was really low this is in high school and it got to a point where I was just thinking about it all the time like no matter what I was Mm -hmm. doing I felt like I was always conscious of like the way I looked or the way Other Mm. people thought about me. Yeah, what about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was definitely a part of it for me too. Mm. Like I have, I had so many other things I had to pay attention to in my life, like my family, friends, school, you know, going to college, like thinking about high school, especially like going to college was a big thing at the time, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when the other thoughts, like the focus on food, food guilt, body stuff, Um, exercise just became so consuming that that's all I was spending my time and energy on Um, like that obsession also kind of jolted me out of it at some point Um, but I think also for me it was the impact on my health Mm -hmm. and I started seeing that in high school and in college and also in law school Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately just like at different points seeing how uh, not eating or like not eating enough nutrients or enough of the right things, enough protein, for example, like seeing how that made me weak and actually made me uh, like on like some at some points if I didn't eat enough, I would feel like I couldn't focus uh, because mm-hmm. my brain wasn't getting enough food and fuel.
1: Yeah,
0: And like at one time, for example, I think in high school, um, I was trying this "Quote unquote" diet, which was not not really a diet, where you just drink a ton of water to like flush out fat and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I was drinking like excessive amounts of water. I don't remember exactly how, but probably like like gallons of water. Mm -hmm. And I drank so much water that I literally made myself sick. Like I had a massive headache for most of a day. Couldn't get off off the couch. Like just felt so bad. Um, And it was all in the pursuit of trying to be healthy, but with a warped sense of what healthy was.
1: Yeah.
0: so that's an example but then you know Hana shared an example last time of you know how sometimes I would feel like lightheaded or like unable mm-hmm. to really yeah focus on what I was doing yeah. and then when it comes to bulimia and purging uh, I, like just to be very straight with it making yourself throw up is really really bad for your health mm. and I know people who do it like when they drink too much or yeah. um, like people also make jokes about it But it's very serious and it's very, very bad for your health. And I know from firsthand experience that it is, I mean, I know that it can lead to things as serious as like esophageal cancer and things like that, um, Mm -hmm. and oral cancer, if you do it too much, especially. Um, But it can make your, it can mess up your teeth because of all the acid, it can mess up your fingers and stuff. And just like it's terrible for your stomach and just like everything is, it's just doing something to your body that it's really not meant to do. Um, And so seeing the effects of that uh, with repeated purging was definitely a reminder. Like that really made me feel like, okay, this is really dangerous. Like this is actually something I can't continue. It's not sustainable for me in any sort of way. um, And this needs to stop. And so it sucks that it had to get to the point where like I was seeing things like that. Oh, and like other things like lost my period at one point, hair was falling out more nails my nails were super brittle like things like that it sucks that it has to get to the point where you have to see the physical effects Mm -hmm. sometimes honestly that's what you need and then also like the all-consuming thoughts and just how people kept questioning me about things and just starting to realize that like this is not positive for me it's it's not healing for me nothing is good about this and i something needed to change so to get kind of away from of that now Uh, we can talk both in the long term and the short term in terms of what like what we think is the best way to start dealing with these body image and disordered eating and self-confidence issues um i think we should start though with the kind of immediate in the moment like what is helpful to us on those bad body image days and bad self-confidence days like Mm -hmm. we all have them we wake up we feel bad about ourselves we feel like Mm -hmm. nothing we wear looks good um, our hair is doing something weird, you know, like whatever mm-hmm. it is for you. Uh, we all have those days. And so what advice do you have for our listeners?
1: Like you said, everyone has those days. Like no matter what, you're still going to have those sort of down days. And that's just life, I think. And part of the journey of improving your yourself, your body image for yourself. Personally, when I have those days, well, first I think about how I can distance my self-worth from the way I look. Thinking about the parts of your life that are important to you. Like for me, I'll think about, okay, I have my family who love me and they care about me and they put value in who I am and things I have accomplished and want me to work hard. And like, I feel confident in Other aspects of my life if I'm not feeling totally confident in the way I look that day. Like I said earlier, I also tell myself, okay, I'm going to be less critical of myself. Forgive whoever hurt me and I forgive myself.
0: I think that's really nice to hear. I think it is hard... In general, but also for me specifically to think like to forgive myself. I think it's hard for me to forgive people in general, but (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. like it's hard to forgive yourself the most. And I was just wondering, like, what, yeah, like how you tell yourself these things like, are they affirmations that you do out loud or is it just like you going through them in your head or like just what form does it take just to make it more like uh, concrete for people to understand your experience?
1: Yeah, I don't say it out loud usually, but. I will run through it in my head and oftentimes I'll just do something to distract myself.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I think I also do something, I try to do something similar and it's hard because the anxiety around these issues can be so all-consuming in the moment. And so it's, people might advise me, people have advised me in the past to like just process the thoughts and like give the space, which I think can be very valuable, Mm -hmm. but at the same time on particularly bad body image days I don't want to sit there and think about (laughs) all these things but I think it's important to do the two things that you identified like do something else that's productive or makes you feel productive excuse me um, and then also refocus your thoughts when they start going in like a more negative place Mm -hmm. you have both of those things so you're not just sitting there but then you're also not um, you know ignoring them or dwelling on them forever and on the note of kind of doing something else to distract yourself, I think it's important for me to go and do something that makes me feel strong, makes me feel productive. And when I say productive, I don't mean like go work or like, you know, go do something that's productive to our capitalist society. I mean like what makes you feel really confident and good about yourself that has zero to do with how your body looks or whatever. What what you ate or something, you know. Like for me it can be exercise, but I have to remember that uh, I can't be exercising like to punish myself because of how bad I feel about my body. It has to be a, a workout that like makes me feel stronger. It makes me feel like mm-hmm. I'm building something with my body. I'm improving my relationship with my body. I no longer let myself go and just run on the treadmill forever because I feel fat. Like That is not a productive use of my time and it's not a productive uh, building of my relationship with my body. And so if I know I'm doing that, um, well, I have to focus and make sure I'm, you know, thinking clearly enough that I know that I'm doing that and then stop myself and do something that's more, um, more about strength or, you know, flexibility or some whatever I'm trying to work on um, in a more constructive way. Oh, yeah. and also on those bad days, just a reminder that you still need to eat. I think it's really hard for me when I have bad body image days to remind myself that I still need to feed myself and fuel and um i just want to remind everyone that you still need to eat you still deserve to eat it doesn't matter what you ate yesterday or the more this morning or just now like if you 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 still need to eat you still need to take care of yourself and doing that i hope will help you feel even more healthy and even more strong um you know just choose something that helps like eat something that makes you feel healthy good and strong Mm -hmm. Um, and depriving yourself of food really does the opposite
1: i have a question how did you learn to love food
0: oh man it's a good question i actually think it's tied to like some of the longer term strategies and advice that i have for people dealing with eating disorders and body image issues Mm -hmm. uh really honestly one of the biggest things that helped me get out of my um, challenges was getting more into fitness and weightlifting especially Mm -hmm. Um, so in terms of my exercise journey i told y'all last time that i spent a lot of time just like exercising whenever I could when I was younger, like doing whatever would burn fat and burn calories, uh, instead of thinking about like what exercise actually meant or whether it made me happy. And it didn't. I think at that time it didn't make me happy. It was just more about like about punishment really. It wasn't actually until like college or law school that actually in college I was doing a lot more running. Um and I think running became a form of punishment for myself. Um, or just like a requirement, I guess. Like it was just like, I have to, I like, I have to run and I have to, I'm going to sign up for these races and I'm going to structure it for myself. But it was still more about like making sure my body looked a certain way.
1: Yeah.
0: And then it wasn't until the end of college and law school that I started getting into weightlifting. I have to give a shout out to my friend, Caleb, who I know listens (laughs) to this podcast, uh, just because he did. I do credit him with getting me into weightlifting, and I can't let I, you know, as much as I don't want to say that, <laughs> give him credit, mm-hmm. I will. Um, and I joined a weightlifting club at Emory um, and started learning how to power lift, how to do the Olympic lifts, uh, which are the clean and jerk and the snatch. It took me a while to really get into it; like it, it wasn't automatic. Like, oh my god, I love this, and I'm just gonna now. I feel totally better, but it did help me it gave me a way to think about my body in terms of something other than how it looked. Mm -hmm. It was more, it's focused on building your strength. It's focused on building form. Um, it's a lot of fun. And so I could focus on something else that I was doing that was like athletic and required coordination and required focus. Um, and it was just, it was a great community as well. And so it was just a very, very positive space for me. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest thing related to your question is you can't lift weights and not eat. (laughs) I mean you can but it doesn't feel good and you don't feel strong and you are not going to build anything if you don't eat and so that really started me on the journey of figuring out what it looked like to actually eat in a healthy way Mm -hmm. um, and actually eat enough and I think that's still a struggle for me um, but I'm I've come a long way in those like I guess five or so years that I've been weightlifting
1: what you said made me think a little bit more about the ways that I have grown to think about my body image journey and it's taken a lot of time to get to this actual like sort of logical thinking about what I was actually doing but nowadays I think if I hate myself if I hate the way that I look then I'm not gonna have motivation to actually treat it well but if I learn to love myself and love the way I look then I'll be more motivated to make better decisions to take care of it because in the past i would hate myself and then use that as sort of a toxic way of forcing myself to do things to make myself feel better that doesn't really it hasn't been sustainable for me at least instead of thinking like okay there's so much stuff i hate now i have to work out i just think about it in a different way completely does that make sense
0: i think so yeah like instead of saying i'm doing this other thing i'm doing this i'm working out because i hate my body and i i maybe maybe help me make the connection there a little bit more like why is there that connection like you hate your body so you want to work out to make it look a certain way or like make it or like is it to then feel better
1: well okay so I find that like when I do exercise regularly I do feel better about my body even when there's no visible change but my -hmm. thinking pattern has changed around that because in the past I would exercise feel better because okay good like you know, I don't have to hate myself as much. I don't have to be as critical because I at least I put work in. But now it's like, well, I like the way I look. I'm going to work out to feel better, period. And then okay. I feel more motivated as a result to do other things to keep taking care of my body rather than, oh, okay, like, finally I feel better, you know? Like, it's not like that.
0: Right, okay, yeah, That's that makes sense. And I really respect that. I think, like, you're doing a lot of really good – um like self-reflection and thinking um, and helping reframe things and that's really powerful that's gonna be really hard too
1: it's hard it is hard yeah. <laughs> yeah some days I'm just like okay I, I gotta do this too you know it's like back and forth but it does feel yeah. good to think that way to have the strength to feel to think that way and I encourage people to to try to do that another thing that uh, not to be like all anti-capitalist and stuff do it like, <laughs> You just got to realize that whatever you're trying to fix or improve in a toxic way about your body image is just not necessary because the beauty industry is a freaking <laughs> empire. It's like a trillion dollar empire that is designed to make sure that you feel bad about yourself. No matter what the beauty standard is, like we talked about in the last episode, like it's designed to make sure that you are insecure. It lies to you and you have to recognize that everything the industry the freaking patriarchy they all profit off of you hating yourself and so thinking about that in that way i'm just like fuck that like i don't need that in my (laughs) life like i don't need this you know having power over me at all so
0: go off go off
1: Yeah, it's, like, so ingrained in us that it's normal that you don't really think about it. Like, when you think about your insecurities, you're just like, this is all me, but it's really not.
0: Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. Like, we definitely, I definitely spend a lot of time being like, God, what's wrong with me? Like, I hate myself because of something's wrong with my brain and something's wrong with uh, my body or whatever. But it's really, a lot of it is external stuff that we just absorb literally from Babies, Like, I I feel like, (laughs) you know, from babies, like we absorb these gender norms. And then as preteens and teenagers, we absorb like a million things about the diet industry and as women about like how, what men value, which who who cares? No, literally. (laughs) And I think that actually reminds me of another thing that I wanted to share. I think one of the best things that I've done for myself in terms of body image and confidence is cleansing my social media of people who are not a positive influence on my mental health mm. that's it period end of story if they don't bring you joy for whatever reason if they make you feel bad about yourself for whatever reason get rid of them unfollow unfollow that shit and then follow some positive body image or pod- positive influencer um, pages and i i promise you it'll make a it'll make a big difference
1: yes I agree with that. I remember you told me that you did that, and I was like, hmm, that's actually a really good idea. So I did it, and I feel a lot better too.
0: When I post this episode on Instagram, or like, yeah, drop it on Instagram, by the way, follow us at Generational Differences on Instagram. Um, when I post it, I will tag some of my favorite um, influencers, like body positivity pages and influencers so that you can see some of the people that I follow, um, and then you can explore from there people that you want to follow.
1: Earlier, you mentioned that you had a process of unlearning to be afraid of foods. What did you mean by that?
0: Oh, yeah. When I say that, I mean that there were a ton of foods before uh, that I was just too scared to eat, essentially. I think I talked last time about orthorexia, uh, which Mm -hmm. is like the question of... Just wanting to eat only healthy foods and being obsessed with like, yeah, like kind of like a warped sense of what's healthy. And then that relatedly meant that I was really scared of anything else outside of that, essentially, Mm. like essentially to be concrete about it. I just wanted to eat like fruits, vegetables, uh, drink water. And I mean, maybe there were some other things, but pretty much everything else was really scary. Oh, maybe like lean protein was okay. Um, but everything else felt really scary and really challenging for me to eat just because I was so afraid of how it would make me gain weight or make me feel. Um, And so that led to a lot of what I call, or actually I think like the whole body positivity community calls um, fear foods. And so now one of the things that I'm working on still and that I've been working on in the last five, six years is challenging those fear foods and eating them it sounds super basic but like
1: it's not I think that's yeah
0: (laughs) yeah when you're really in the depths of an eating disorder like a donut or like a piece of fried chicken or whatever your fear food is just feels like an insurmountable challenge to even consider eating it Um, and it was like that for me and so now the goal my goal is to Rid of any labels that I had about what food is good, what food is bad, what food is allowed, Um, like really cutting out those food rules. Um, And I still, oh my gosh, 100% struggle with this. So it's not something that I'm like totally good on. Um, But I think cutting out those food rules and then challenging myself to eat the things that scare me the most, just to prove to myself that, you know, if you eat that piece of cheesecake, like nothing is really going to happen, like you're actually going to be fine, your body's going to not it's not going to change, it's not going to undermine any of your progress like exercise-wise. It's really not going to do anything except bring you endless joy because of how delicious it is. <laughs> um and it turns out that most of my fear foods are things that are really delicious that I was just avoiding. Um, And I actually did spend a lot of time when I was younger saying that like I didn't like these foods. Like when people ask me, oh, do you want a donut? I'd be like, no, I don't like donuts. Like who doesn't like donuts?
1: (laughs) I have a memory of you saying that.
0: Yeah. I was like, like, yeah, like my
1: my sister just doesn't like donuts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like cover. I was like, oh, I don't like donuts. Oh, I'm not actually I don't like fried chicken. I for a long time had never ordered a plate of pasta in a restaurant Mm -hmm. and it wasn't it's not because I don't love pasta because I do um it's because I was too scared to put that huge portion in front of myself and like commit to eating it Uh, and so I didn't ever do that until actually honestly I didn't do that until like last year and I went with a with my husband to a restaurant near here uh, in North Carolina and ordered a plate of like spicy seafood pasta and it was Freaking amazing, and I was so proud of myself. But it was really scary. Like I sat there with him, and I was like, "Am I gonna do this? Can I do this?" And he was like, "Yeah, you got this." And then he was like eating steak and fries, and I was eating pasta, and it was, yeah, it was great. Like, it, yeah, he was really supportive too. Oh, that's great. And I think that one way that like friends and family can support people who are kind of on this recovery journey um, is really helping us with those kinds of challenges, like not putting pressure. For example, I don't want someone to, like, sit me down with a piece of fried chicken and be like, eat this. Like, don't leave until you eat this. Mm-hmm. Um, but supporting us, like, if I'm feeling open to, like, getting chicken tenders, like, I know Hana's going to go with me to get chicken tenders, and I'm going to eat them with her and enjoy it, and then it can be a joyful association of, like, a memory with my sister where we enjoyed these foods together and um, mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, something more scary, you know. And I think that Hana and I have talked about, like, doing that together more. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm the perfect person to do that with because my, I always order chicken tenders, and <laughs> I love like cheesecake, fettuccine alfredo, all the good stuff. You know, I'm I trying think to think. Okay. To...
0: No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no,
1: that's fine. I was just trying to think how I perceived your relationship with food, but I'm having trouble.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably confusing to you because you were young and I was doing weird stuff, like, like, secretive stuff.
1: Yeah, I think I was just like, my sister is like this ultra health nut, and I should be more Mm. like her. Like, I honestly thought that to myself. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Definitely thought that to myself, because I wanted to be like that, too. And I was like, she drinks so much water, not seeing all the harmful side effects, of course, of like, overdoing it and stuff. But I wanted to be like that.
0: I think that that's important on so many levels. Like, first, in terms of how we might not know that our behavior is influencing and potentially harming other people's self-confidence and self-esteem. And then also emphasizing the point that sometimes people who give off an impression of being really healthy or being really in control of something or being really, um, I don't know, into something in particular, like that could be hiding a lot of things, especially when it comes to body image. I do think it's not uncommon for people to hide behind like quote unquote health, Mm -hmm. but then you have to, if you're close to them, like maybe you can get the sense of whether they're actually healthy and whether they're actually happy, because I think health and fitness can be really joyful and can bring people a lot of happiness, but it can also bring a lot of sadness and anxiety. And so for me, it's like been a long journey to get to the happiness and joyfulness part. Um, and doing that alone can be hard and so every girl I know every woman I know struggles with this to a degree and having the conversations about it openly is the only way we're gonna like, start working together to make a like a more self-confident more body positive community
1: do you have any advice for someone who has a friend that clearly dealing with an eating disorder
0: oh it's so hard there are probably some pieces of advice that I can give but ultimately like it's just like any other mental illness and in, in the way that you should just you should be there for them and you should know like ha- make sure they know that you're there for them but in the end like it is also their journey more than yours and mm-hmm. you can't fix them you can't you know force them to be, be- like to change or anything like that um, and so acknowledging that I do think one thing that I would say is just making sure that we are not commenting on people's bodies, like on those people specifically, their bodies. But like in general, I think we should get to a norm where we just don't say shit about people's bodies. Like it doesn't even matter if it's like, wow, you look so great. Like you look so skinny today. Like that is really toxic for someone who is um, struggling with body image issues. Like that ma- that only feeds disordered eating um, and exercise obsession and things like that. And you just don't know what people are dealing with. And so Mm -hmm. can we... I think we should shift to something where... I don't know. Like, I've been trying to leave comments, for example, on Instagram. If someone posts, like, a a really awesome picture of themselves, I'd be like, wow, you are glowing. Wow, you look so happy. Wow, this is, like, a really beautiful picture that you... Yeah, like, whatever. Something that's more about who they are or, like, what you can see in their, like, joy or... You know, there are lots of options. And I think we all including myself included like default to like wow you look so hot right now like you you know your butt looks so great whatever it is Mm -hmm. but can we shift a little bit away from that and i think helping affirm people in ways that are not related to their body can really help someone who is going through um the kinds of things that i went through
1: yeah i feel that too whenever i get comments, god it
0: smells like bacon right now (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, what's happening so
0: my husband's making bacon and my whole and our whole apartment smells like bacon now that's great <sighs> hungry why okay, are you complaining anyway, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like distracting okay go ahead
1: <laughs> um oh my god i completely forgot what i was gonna say um sorry oh yeah yeah when i get those types of comments that are less focused on the way i look i always feel like they're more meaningful and I'm like oh that's so sweet that's so nice that's like a genuine thing that that person said about me you know
0: uh, yeah, and it takes a little bit more effort and it like takes a little bit more connection with the person and like whatever rather than just throwing out a oh you look xyz
1: yeah
0: oh and then obviously like don't be telling people that they look bad
1: <laughs> like so I guess rude. Like, the other way yeah like
0: don't like don't affirm oh and then I guess Related to that, if someone who's, you know, is struggling with body image issues or just even your friends in general, when they express things about themselves that they don't like, like, oh, my God, my arms look so fat or, oh, I feel really bad today. You can tell them that, no, you look great. You look great all the time. You know, like, let's I don't know, just trying to say things that are just more about like oh no like that outfit looks great on you let's just go out or like we're we're gonna go out and have fun this is it like don't worry about it Um, and then making sure that they then also still eat that they're still doing you know taking care of themselves Mm -hmm. and just trying to banish those kinds of negative self-talk however that um, can happen I think that's been really helpful for people doing that for me and then me just making sure that my friends know like i don't we don't like to hear that we know that that's bad for you like don't we don't need to focus so much on that like let's focus on whatever we're doing next or um what outfit does make you feel good like it, it can be like oh maybe that outfit just doesn't make you feel good today and that's great let's just i mean that's not great but that's fine and let's pick another outfit that we can wear or whatever you know yeah
1: we have very different experiences with food but right there is something for both of us that went beyond food in terms of our experiences that we were both trying to control something that was outside of our actual ability to control and food became the way to do that.
0: Yeah. I think that's common actually because Mm -hmm. when, especially when things outside of food and body feel really out of control, like if we're struggling to find our worth, you know, in school or in work or in like our family life is like, if it's crazy, everything's crazy or things, bad things are happening around us, like, I think it's a very normal human impulse to try to find whatever we can control um, to like cling on to. I think I definitely did that. I think like there was a lot of other stuff going on in high school and college. Like, you know, even our grandparents dying, like our parents going through different things and like everything felt really chaotic, like figuring, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Like all these things felt out of control. Mm. And then, so then food and exercise became something that i could be like okay well i can go and run six miles on a treadmill and like no one nothing is good like no one can stop me nothing can change this like this is what i'm going to do and but Mm. i think that that's just really hiding from the other things right and like it's fine to have different coping mechanisms but they should be you know more positive um creative or like just Things that bring you more peace instead of things that elevate your anxiety more. Do you have any other thoughts on like, I don't know, longer term healing or recovery strategies that have worked for you?
1: Not really. I think you should fake it until you make it in terms of (laughs) body image. (laughs) What does that mean to you? Fake it till you make it is like you have to pretend like you have confidence. You have to pretend like you are like hot shit until you actually feel like you are because that's what worked for me. And it's hard. You're just, like, you're, like, deceiving yourself.
0: That's not how I approach it, but it's really great to hear, like, something that worked for you. Like, I wish I could be more. Oh, is that not? Okay.
1: Wait, how do you see it? I wish I could
0: fake confidence more.
1: (laughs) How do you see it?
0: Well, I feel like it's hard for me to fake confidence when I don't feel confident. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, it's just more about, like, I think for me, it's, like, challenging those thoughts and like those mm. issues that i have and the challenges i still have so like challenging fear of foods is a big thing for me yeah. also challenging fashion norms like people tell you you shouldn't wear a crop top um, or people tell you you shouldn't wear a tank top if your arms are mu- more muscular or whatever it is and like like fuck that you that's know so do it
1: that's so lame. yeah
0: that's stupid and like it's it's just the fashion industry and the diet industry i know like me, how
1: dare they you know? take that joy from you just wear whatever you want like
0: so I think that helps I think for me it is more like a longer term like trudge through all of these things that I built for myself like all these toxic things that I built around me um, Mm -hmm. when I was younger and trying to break down those walls slowly Um, and then also yeah like leaning into communities like my weightlifting community and focusing on things that make me feel focusing on things that actually make me feel confident I think that's My thing. I don't really. I have a hard time faking it, so then I have to actually find it however I can. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Randomly, I don't know if this is placebo or what, but something that I noticed was when I make eye contact with people, when I'm talking to them, or when they're speaking to me, I feel less aware of my body and I feel more confident. And I don't know if it's really happening or if I just convince myself it is because I am like forced to look at them. But it does help me. I don't know if that's something you've noticed or not.
0: Wait. So when you make eye contact with someone else when you're talking to them,
1: yeah, when, just like making eye contact in general makes me less oh, aware of my own body. I less aware of my thoughts. Like, oh, like do I look weird or like do they care? Interesting. What I'm, what I'm wearing, whatever. Blah blah blah.
0: That's really interesting. Um, I haven't really noticed that because making eye contact with people makes me really anxious. <laughs> Okay. and i'm like oh my god cuz i think for me actually it's like in some ways the opposite cuz i'm like there's so many like they're now they're really assessing
1: me <laughs> like i feel <laughs> really
0: on the spot cuz we're really connecting oh okay. um, but i think that's really interesting i'm like you, i'm like, like he's
1: they're you. looking at my eyes and that's it that's <laughs> per, that's fine with me that's <laughs>
0: oh okay okay yeah okay so i'm Really hungry now because it smells like bacon, so I'm gonna we're gonna <laughs> move on so I can eat soon. Um, but one thought I had for future episodes is, uh, Hana and I will try to get together and challenge fear foods together. Like Hana will help me challenge yeah. fear foods, and then we can update y'all. Um, I have a list of things that I want to be able to order in a restaurant. I think that's the that's also where it plays out. Is like I could maybe eat a of pasta at home I eat bowls of pasta at home all the time but then going out to a restaurant where I can't control like who what they put in it uh-huh, or uh-huh. Um, how it's made scares me and so going out yeah. and ordering whatever it is and then we can we can share updates on how that is
1: um, in yeah. the yeah I'm so excited <laughs> I'm so excited honestly I'm just excited <laughs> and and thrilled to see you grow because seeing your loved ones Aww. grow in that way is just the best
0: So, oh, that's so sweet. I thought you were going to say, I'm just excited because I love to eat. (laughs) No, what the hell? (laughs) But that's so much sweeter than what I thought. Well, if that's all we have on body image, we can transition. Uh, But if we think of other things in the future, we can revisit on another podcast, give other advice, talk about how we're doing when it comes to these topics. It's just. I guess a, a reminder also for our audience and for the two of us that this journey to heal and to recover is not linear and that's okay. We'll have good days, we'll have bad days, good weeks, bad weeks, you know, and that's normal and it's okay and the journey will continue. So Hana, thanks so much for talking so candidly about all of this um, and let's let's go on. I think next we're We were going to talk a little bit about dreams, which is a segment that we did in our first episode, I believe. Uh, And at that point, I had a couple, like, specific dreams that I had had recently (laughs) that I talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, But today I thought it would be interesting uh, if we talked about kind of generally what themes we see in our dreams. Um, Hana and I I talk about this sometimes. Or, like, we share specific dreams, and then we're like, wait, why are all your dreams, you know, about
1: yes a big frog
0: man or something you know <laughs> it's not that but um like what if it was and so <laughs> um hannah what are some of the common dreams i mean themes, <laughs> common themes of your dreams that you've seen
1: i'm often in a school that looks like my school mixed with like a high school musical school <laughs> or like my middle school mixed with my high school it's very weird Like a
0: warped version. Yeah,
1: so warped version. It's always very dark and um, something bad is happening. And then I also have a lot of dark shadowy men in my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Like dark figures. Um, Patriarchy. So scary. It's so scary. And also a lot of dreams about our old house that we moved away from in Oregon, which we moved away from like a year ago. And I've had a lot of dreams since then about, like, scary, really scary things happening there, Mm. uh, involving our parents and stuff, and hiding from people outside. It's so weird.
0: Oh, my God. It's crazy to hear you say them all at the same time, these different themes, because I have pretty much the same dreams. Like, for some reason, 50, like, probably 50% of my dreams happen in schools. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why, because I don't feel particularly traumatized by any of the schools that i went to
1: (laughs) well i was traumatized by my my middle school but um it's fine okay continue
0: (laughs) i think like i don't feel any sort of way about these schools but i will often often be either in my elementary school Mm. and there's a fire going on or something where i'm trying to run out to the uh run out to the playground and like escape a fire or escape something Okay. uh i'm often in that cafeteria at Elmonica, which is uh, the elementary oh, yeah. school that Hannah and i both really? went to Interesting. yeah and then or it's like a really weird version of five oaks which is my middle school where all the hallways are like uh like bigger than normal or they lead what a place the that they're not supposed to lead what? but then similar to you i'm also often avoiding like a murderer or just someone that i know is gonna do something really bad to me or my family like either a murderer or sometimes it's a serial rapist which is really freaking scary Uh, oh my god and then depending on the dream actually interesting because i had a dream recently where i knew some guy was trying to murder me and i was in like a oh also also sometimes i dream that i'm in a convention center or like a very intricate hotel and i have never like the one i see in my dreams i've never actually been in but i've seen it multiple times in my dream so it's (laughs) it's very weird like my mind definitely constructed this place
1: yeah so weird
0: so (laughs) (laughs) so i was there and i was with i think my husband and maybe like you and our parents were there and this murderer was like coming like we knew he was coming and i was trying to go to a theme park before he came. Uh, And I didn't (laughs) make it to the theme park. But then most of the dream was just running around the hotel, like trying to avoid him or running out of the hotel and then running on the tops of trees to try to get away from him. And then halfway through that, like it, it kept failing, first of all. Like he kept finding us. And then like in my dream, I knew that he killed us. And so then it would like rewind back to the beginning and I would get another chance to like fix it. And so one time my tactic was to try to, like, flirt with him. <laughs> like, be nice to him so that he wouldn't kill us. And that seemed to work because it turned out he was just a really lonely guy who had no friends. Oh, my God, Hillary. Just wanted to, okay, to have a community. Me. Now that I'm saying it, I feel like the fact that sometimes my dreams are, like, me having to fix things for other people or, like, give me multiple <laughs> options to, like, try to fix something. Um speaks to my my sensibilities as an older sibling. <laughs> oh, totally.
1: Oh, totally. I'm looking at our texts um that have the word dream in them and just from the little preview here a few um I had a horrible dream. I had just a creepy dream. I o- I also have been having dreams of people dying. I had really weird stalker dreams. I had dreams that people were following me, too.
0: Also, um just a pause in the dream conversation. Diego, my husband, just came in with a piece of bacon. Um, I think maybe because I texted him while we were filming, like, it smells so freaking good. And he literally came over and handed me a piece of bacon, Aww, so that's I'm going to so eat nice.
1: it. Okay, do yeah. an ASMR moment.
0: Oh, let's try.
1: There's nothing.
0: <laughs> you didn't hear it? No,
1: just a little, like, squish. No.
0: I'm gonna enjoy it while you while yum,
1: you're talking. Yum, Diego, where's my bacon? My oh, bacon.
0: Yeah, he'll make you bacon. Oh you right, call. I
1: dropped my bacon and I have a scar from it. I'm scarred. Anyway, continuing. Um.
0: Anyway, it seems like our dreams have very similar themes. I also dream about our old house. Yeah. I also dream about our grandparents once in a while, but not super often. They're Why? so like
1: some of them. Sometimes they're just so mundane. Other times they're like, I'm gonna f you up with this dream. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sometimes Hana sends me really, really, really long texts and I just sit there like,
1: "Mm." Oh, my God, yeah. You said, I had a dream there were creepy guys who left a bomb in our backyard. And then the week before that, you said, I had a dream I was eating flaky lemon crackers.
0: (laughs) Wait, I remember that. (laughs) I think because they were, like, good. Like, in the dream, they were good. So then I woke up and I was like, ooh.
1: You (laughs) dreamed? Okay, last one. You okay. dreamed that you helped a drag queen find her cigarette in a puddle and then you jumped on a bunch of little tiny pea sized balloons. Wait, what? <laughs> Are you sure that was me? Yeah, that was me. Oh no. What was I? Oh like, wait, that was that me. <laughs> oh What? I was like, there's no way that's me. I'm so uh, sorry. What were you
0: smoking? Yeah. <laughs>
1: that is so weird. Okay. I, I exposed my I exposed myself on accident. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Funny. Also, that's such small balloons <laughs> i don't remember having this dream
0: <laughs> tell us about your dreams y'all i think dreams are super interesting because like it's just so random
1: yeah and if you have any interpretations of our dreams or you have any knowledge of what our dreams might mean especially the weird school ones i would be very interested oh, yeah. to know should we jump into okay. some would you rather
0: yeah let's play some would you rather and tell the audience where we got this idea
1: Wait, I don't know where we got this idea. <laughs> oh
0: no, we got this idea because uh, there's like an Instagram filter that Hana was using. Oh right. Type, Would you rather? Totally forgot yeah, about that. And, then, and we played with each other. And it was super fun. And so we were like, oh, we should do, uh, we should do this on the podcast. And Hana found a sibling. Would you rather? So on theme. Yeah. And I'm gonna take a random number generator to add an element of surprise, so that. Alright, we- let's do it. We're not. Hillary's debating. all
1: about the. She's really into preparation.
0: The element of surprise. I'm very into the element of surprise. <laughs> but I'm into preparing for the element of exactly. surprise. Exactly. Okay, okay. Sorry, my cat just opened the door. Okay.
1: Okay, that's normal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my cat can open doors. Can your cat open doors?
1: That's a conversation for a different podcast episode.
0: Okay, so I'm going to generate a number.
1: Okay. Ready? Five. Five, okay. Oh. Down. It.
0: Got it. Okay. Would you rather only be able to watch <laughs> your siblings' TV choices forever?
1: I'm sorry, that's funny. On,
0: or only be able to wear their hand-me-downs forever.
1: <laughs> imagine you wearing my hand-me-downs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make sense.
0: It would not fit. <laughs> also, I do wear your clothes sometimes. I would
1: fit. definitely only be able to watch your TV choices forever. I need to be able to wear clothes to express myself. TV choices, on the other hand, we both watch The Office. That's pretty much all you watch. Friends, I'll be able to handle, you know.
0: So that was an easy choice for you. Um, I think, like,
1: well, you watch a lot
0: of like, like Asian dramas, which I don't enjoy.
1: You haven't tried.
0: And, no, I have. I mean, a little bit, but I feel like, but then if I wear your clothes, like, nothing will fit, or I'll just constantly be wearing extra large.
1: That, that's pretty good. That's honestly nice.
0: How am I gonna go to work? <laughs> <laughs> like if I go to court, I can't wear like a really teeny little tank top. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think oh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go with the TV choices. Yeah, too. our
1: our clothing styles are just too different. And our lives are too different. You have a very professional life. So like I have a hoopaloo yeah. life. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <A> what? Hoopaloo? <laughs> yeah. I just have a whatever life, so. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's do okay. another one.
0: Our next one is two.
1: Two. Would you rather,
0: wait, can you read it? I'm eating bacon.
1: Would you rather have your sibling flick you every time they see you or have them pinch you every time they see you? Which one would you rather have? Would do you answer? No, i just, I'm asking you. Okay.
0: I think probably flick because pinching is more painful.
1: I was going to say pinch because flicking is more painful.
0: Well, it depends on how hard you flick. I can probably flick pretty hard.
1: Okay, you know when our dad flicks us on the forehead? That is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's he's really has a strong flick. He doesn't do it that often, just by the way.
1: Make it seem like I would rather have you pinch me.
0: Okay. Wait, actually this one is really funny. Let's do number 1. Number 1. Would you rather always be mistaken for a couple, <laughs> or have to dress identically forever? Yeah, uh,
1: now, oh now so now funny. You have to be
0: my girlfriend instead of wearing my clothes. <laughs> I
1: think I would. I think I would always rather be mistaken for a couple. Yeah,
0: I don't. Really At care. least we get our I own
1: uh, individual style. We could be a stylish couple.
0: Yeah, that's true. And then if they're like, oh, are you a couple? I'd be like, no, we're sisters, right?
1: Yeah, and also like. Also, like, people say that you're my mom sometimes, so it's fine. It happens already.
0: That's really different from thinking that we're, like, married.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I think we would find it really funny if people mistook us for a couple. At least I would. That's true. I would laugh so much.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be funny, too. When people think I'm your mom, I feel like like it's pretty funny, but also a little offended. But if they (laughs) thought I was your girlfriend, I'd be like, oh, haha.
1: Okay, (laughs) next is... Four. Do you want to read it? Four. Would you rather have to share all your food with your sibling or have to share a joint bank account?
0: Oh, my God. I, I want to hear what you... My, I'll, I'll share all my food with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's because I don't... Like, when Hanna stays with me, I already share all my food with her. And then also... <laughs> Hannah doesn't monitor her expenses that well, so but I just um, need, I, I can't, I can't.
1: Throwing I can't. me under the bus, but it's true. Yeah. I admit. <laughs> um, obviously, I would rather share a joint bank account. <laughs> Technically, uh-huh. you do share your bank account with me because you're always paying for my food, too.
0: Oh, that's true. Okay, so essentially, we just already do both. So
1: win-win for me. Lose-lose <laughs> for
0: me. <laughs> Just kidding. just kidding. It's fun to share this stuff with Honey. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do one more. Yeah. Okay, one you more. pick. Okay. Well I'm gonna generate a number. <laughs> number nine. Would you rather accidentally make them cry every time you joke around? <laughs> that'd be horrible. Or have them use the bathroom every time you plan to use it. Oh my god, that's oh, these are so both funny. Terrible.
1: I'm not trying to make you cry. I would have to use the bathroom. I can hold it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, my yeah, worst nightmare. My worst nightmare is, like, making someone cry because I joked around.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would not be fun. Yeah, I agree. Okay, that was actually easier than I thought.
1: Also, we, like, laugh so much, so that would suck.
0: Yeah, we joke around too much. Like, if you, cri- if you <laughs> cried every time I joked around, it would just be, like, such a sad situation. I know, it <laughs> would. I would just not I'd be too scared to say anything.
1: Wait, but if it's if it's have them use the bathroom every time you plan to use it, does that mean I would never be wait. able to use it?
0: Yeah. Wait, wait, so you'd have to go outside. Hmm <laughs> Still worth it. <laughs>
1: yeah, honestly still worth it. That's fine.
0: Yeah, that was a fun game. We should think about other games that we can play. But to wrap it up today. Uh, we just wanted to give you a quick update from last time. Last time we had a conversation about our favorite Asian snacks, which we would still love to hear your favorite Asian snacks. Um, but we, we hit our mom and dad up to see what their favorite ones were. Um, and we're not going to go into it that much, but I, just wa- I did want to share what they said because they are so Chinese, like super Chinese about it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> super Chinese. Um, yeah,
0: so our mom, I'll share our moms. Do You want to share our dads? Yeah. So our moms were those little chestnuts that you get that are unwrapped in a little pouch. Yep. (laughs) Which now that I say that, like they're kind of wet and like I'm guessing they're preserved something. So I know I have a lot of questions about how those are made and packaged. Um, But they are chestnuts that are unwrapped. They're wet. They are like sweet. um, And they're not sweetened, but they're sweet nuts. And okay, I'm going on too long about the chestnuts.
1: (laughs) They're Sweet nuts. (laughs) And
0: second, <laughs> our, our mom's other favorite snack is Asian peanuts in the shell, <laughs> which she was very specific to say that they have to be in the shell. And apparently she just really likes nuts. And <laughs> okay. her th- I hope Make it know. sound
1: more weird, Hillary. I you know. Okay.
0: And then her third are puffed rice sticks. I think we just want to share these things because uh, just to give you more of a breadth of the Asian snacks that are out there. So what are our dad's?
1: Our dads are actually, I would argue, more Asian or equally Asian. His number one Asian snack is La bing, which is, <laughs> it's like a, hmm, if you're Chinese, you know what La bing is, but it's like well, a little, I mean. <laughs> it's like a flaky crust. Down on the inside, there's dong um, gua filling, which is like a, like a melon winter melon winter Winter melon melon filling and there's like maybe some almond inside and the texture is kind of chewy it's it's really good i really like
0: and it translates directly to wife cake
1: yeah it does (laughs) (laughs) uh
0: if you don't know what it is i would just recommend looking up wife cake well maybe not wife cake i don't know what to look up Uh, you can just look up lao po bing uh, I'll put it in. I'll try to put it in Instagram. Uh, <laughs> okay. But if not, look up Chinese wife cakes. Maybe that'll help you find. Yes,
1: love pudding, and they're eaten like as a dessert. He also likes um hong Zhao, which are dates. Third, he likes. Oh my god! Why are all of our dads <laughs> so Asian? <laughs> the last one is yu Jiao, which are fried sweet dumplings. They don't yeah, taste like dumplings right. at all. They're fried and they are filled with sesame and peanuts, Peanut. sugar. Yeah. Our grandma used like, to make um, them for us.
0: Yeah, they're sweet from the sugar. And I feel like the texture of the outside might be more like a empanada. or.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Or a they're samosa, usually harder. Like that kind. They're usually yeah. harder than that. But yeah, our grandma used to make them for us. That's how I remember them.
0: Yeah, me too, me too. So good. I think it's also just fun to ask our parents for these things because, like, they're really still invested in our podcast. <laughs> like, our mom got really mad when she found out that we hadn't told her that our second episode had dropped. Um, And I was like, well, I did send you a link that has all of them, but I forgot to tell you that it's updated.
1: Yeah, shout out mom and dad. Thank you so much for supporting us, telling us your favorite Asian snacks. I love you.
0: Yeah. Aw, so sweet. All right. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Generational Differences. Thanks for tuning in with us to talk about body image again. We'll be back next time to talk about other important issues in our stories and share our experiences. But as always, if you have suggestions for topics for us to cover, let us know. Check us out on Instagram. Leave us a review and a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Slide into our DMs. We'd love to hear from you however you want to do it. See you next time. Bye. Bye.